Uh, we're going to open up with questions. Uh, we have I'll just, uh, about, can I start off here first? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Well, first of all, just to thank um, everyone, um, you know, who's reached out and um, expressed their sympathy and condolences um, for my mom, um, especially, uh, you know, Pete uh, had some really, you know, great words and, um, John Harbaugh, uh, many others um, that I know, friends, uh, football people, and uh, honestly, many people that I've never uh, met or contacted before. So I um, do really appreciate the, the support there. Um, you know, as an only child, you, I mean, everybody's close to their, you know, has a certain relationship with their mom and dad, but, you know, as an only child, um, you know, I was especially um, close to my parents and um, my mom and I spent a lot of time together and, um, you know, she was, she was a great woman and, um, you know, gave, I certainly learned pretty much everything from my parents. Um, and then, you know, with her love that she gave to the love that she gave to, uh, her grandkids, um, to Amanda, Steve and Brian was, you know, ultra special to me as well. So, um. I appreciate everyone's uh, thoughts and, and um, the condolences that have been expressed. Um, and so, you know, she had uh, almost 99 years, so a uh, very long and, and happy life. Um, and so she will be with my dad now. Um, just as far as, you know, moving on to Seattle here, um, you know, didn't talk about them, didn't get a chance to talk about them yesterday, but obviously um, a great football program. Uh, with the Seahawks, um, John Schneider and Pete Carroll, you know, have done a done a tremendous job there. They've been able to sustain it, um, you know, success just year after year with, you know, double-digit wins and um, competitive games and just, you know, when you look at the the consistency that they've had out there, it's really um, very very impressive. Um, they've they've turned over. Um, quite a bit of their, their team and their personnel from, um, you know, we saw them in, in 2014, even 2016, um, especially defensively, but I mean, they continue to, uh, be, be impressive in, in every area, um, as they were last week, you know, on the road in Atlanta. So that was a, that was a very strong performance. Um, you know, Pete's obviously a guy that's, um, Believes in what it, what he does, and as he should, and he's had tremendous success with it. I really admire the consistency that that Pete's uh, uh, you know shown throughout the course of his career. But you know, I really admire what he you know what he did at SC, and then I brought that to Seattle. Um, also, want to wish Pete a belated happy birthday. Um, glad to see that he's just staying a little bit ahead of me there, um, so I don't have the distinction of being the oldest coach in the league, uh, but. Anyway, um, and you know, always, always happy to see another fellow Croatian uh, do well, just not against us, uh, like Coach Saban. So, um, but they, you know, Pete's done a tremendous job out there, and, and his philosophy is, is evident every time you turn on the film the energy, the passion, the toughness, the consistency, the mental toughness that the team has um, is, is very, very impressive. And, um, uh, you know, you look at the guys that really are, to me, the big three out there. It's it's Pete, it's it's Wilson and Wagner. 
Um, I mean, those three guys, you can't really find a game or a play where I think that they don't epitomize what everything that the Seahawks stand for and the success that they've had. Um, I mean, I think the team really runs through those three guys as it should. And, um, you know, their, their consistency and, and mental toughness um, and passion for the game is, is just really, really impressive. So um, we know how tough it's going to be out there. It's always tough against those guys. Doesn't matter where it is. Uh, it could be in a parking lot or, you know, wherever, wherever the game is. It's, it's just they compete um, extremely hard on every down uh, from snap to whistle for 60 minutes. Uh, and uh, I just have a ton of respect for, for the Seahawks, for Pete, uh, Russell Wilson, and the entire program out there. Uh, and we know, you know, we know we're going to have to be at our best on Sunday, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to improve from last week and, and try to get you know, the best, best football that we can play um, out there on, on Sunday night. So looking forward to the opportunity and uh, the competition. Um, we got a couple more days here to try to you know zero in on these guys, but um, it's it'll be a big it'll be a big challenge for us. But we're I said we're looking forward to it. Thank you, Coach. We'll open up with questions. With uh, we'll start with Mike Reese, followed by Matt Cerullo. Uh Bill, uh, everyone's thoughts on uh, condolences, and hope you're doing okay. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson, you just touched on him a little bit. Um, in what way does his skill set stress a defense? Well, yeah, everything. I mean, this guy's a tremendous player. Um, honestly, I think he's, you know, in a way maybe underrated by, by the media or the fans. I don't know. But, I mean, I don't, I don't really see anybody better than this player. Um, he can do everything. He's got, obviously, great leadership. Um, playmaking skills. Uh, he plays very well in the most critical situations in the game. Was decision making, uh, running, passing. Uh, his his passing numbers are extraordinary. Um, you put him up against anybody since he's been in the league, literally anybody, in almost any category or in any category really. Um, you know his winning percentage is impressive. He's there for every game. Never missed a game. Um, you know he's got a great, a great ability to do the right thing at the right time. He has tremendous vision and sees the field extremely well. I don't think there's a better deep ball passer in the league um, in terms of decision making and accuracy. Um, he's he attacks every literally every inch of the field. You have to defend with him. The deep balls, the sidelines, his scrambles. You know his ability to get the ball to his playmakers and in space and and then you know you have to try to tackle him which that's very difficult to um you know Lockett, you know has led the league in all-purpose yards you know russ's got 40 4, yards rushing thirty thousand yards passing you know Lockett's you know been a go-to guy for him in all phases of the game return game and offensively metcalf now they got olsen you know carson's Probably runs as hard as anybody in the league. So I mean, there are a lot of weapons there, and I could go on and on. Offensive line, Brown. I mean, they got you know they have a lot of good players that are hard to handle when you put them all together, and it's orchestrated by Wilson. It's um, they're very very hard to defend. Uh, next question, Max Cerullo, followed by Eden Kern. 
Good morning, Bill. Max. Hey, so I uh, wanted to ask about the ongoing situation in Seattle with the wildfires. And I was curious if you uh, if you have any concerns about the effect the air quality could have on your players and uh, potentially on the game itself. Uh, yeah, we're aware of it. Um, we've looked into it a little bit. I think the forecast uh, that I've seen, uh, tracked them over the last couple of days, uh, look really pretty promising that, that there's some wind currents coming in from the Pacific. Not that I know anything about wind currents or, you know, meteorology or anything here, but this is other people telling me that, um, that, you know, that the air is going to, uh, that that's going to help. And, you know, certainly by the end of the week, sounds like as early as Friday, things could start to clear up a little bit. So, um, you know, I'd say from our standpoint, really, we're going to control the things that we can control. And, um, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, possibly some things that we might be able to do a little bit differently, uh, if necessary. Right now, I don't really think that it appears that'll be necessary, but we'll monitor the situation uh, and see. So, yeah, thanks for asking about that. But we're, you know, I'd say right now it's tracking um, to where we, we don't anticipate a major problem, but, you know, we'll be prepared if things change. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, next question, Aiden Kirk, followed by Bob Sosie. Hi, Bill. Uh, Aiden. Nice to see you. Mother. Thank uh, you. Appreciate it. I wanted to ask about pre-snap motion. Uh, something that your teams, um, you know, teams across the league are beginning to use a lot more, and, and your team has really been ahead of that trend. Um, can you just discuss, you know, what the benefits of pre-snap motion are and, and how it helps your offense get desirable matchups, uh, especially in the running game? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, the advantages of, I think anytime you put a guy in motion, you want to try to gain an advantage. Uh, and anytime you don't put guys in motion, then you, you know, gain certain advantages there too. So, and you can only move one guy, obviously. So, um, you know, just the, it's really just a question of what, what you're trying to gain. If you're trying to gain an advantage in uh, your alignment to, you know, crack block or, uh, block a, a secondary support player or whether you're trying to gain an advantage to, you know, run a route or, or get, get a player on the move so that he can get to an area faster than if he was stationary, you know, various things like that. And it could also be for some level of deception or uh, forcing a defensive adjustment. Um, you know, the downside of motion is, you know, you start to, you know, declare something about your formation and, uh, that eliminates certain things uh, by putting a player in motion and eliminates certain things or makes it more difficult uh, to happen than, than if he's stationary. And, you know, you don't know exactly how the defense is going to react uh, every time. Sometimes you can predict it, and if you get that, then that helps you. But uh, if they do something different, if a team has more than one way to adjust to it, then sometimes that can be a little, um, can cause a later communication on the play. Um, so I think there, there are times when you want to be in a, in a stationary formation and it's, you know, easier for the quarterback to see what's going on in the passing game and, and the running game for that matter, and kind of force the defense to declare. Uh, and there are other situations where, um, you can possibly gain an advantage with some movement, um, depending on who, you know, which player you're putting in motion, but, uh, either gain some advantages on the play or gain some advantages in terms of knowing uh, what may, not maybe even what they're going to do, but maybe can eliminate some things that they're not going to do uh, and either 
improve your run force, uh, your your run outside running game in a run force, uh, block a force player, or gain some type of advantage in the passing game. And uh, certainly, there's been a lot of success uh, with people using both. Um, so there's definitely a place for them, and it really just comes down to you know how how you feel about your game plan, your matchup, and kind of what your general philosophy is on that. Uh, I know when you know when I was with with the Colts, my first year with Coach Marchabroda, um, you know, he, he really didn't like to put people in motion very often, um, maybe to run a crack play or something like that, but, you know, we hardly ever did that. Uh, and then that extended to when he went to Buffalo and, and later to Indianapolis with the K-Gun and the no-huddle offense, uh, that he, he wanted players to be stationary so that the quarterback could read the defense and then the defense by even just the slightest movement would start to uh, tip the type of coverage that they were in uh, because the offense was basically in the same formation every time. And obviously, when Manning was with the Colts, they did that as well. Um, you know, there was almost no motion in that offense. So it was, you know, it put a different kind of pressure on you because the slightest and subtlest change by any defensive player's alignment would be identified and and uh, you know could tip off what you know what the defense was doing so it's like I said there's there's a place for both in there and um, yeah I think whatever you do whether you do it motion and don't or don't do it it just comes down to trying to gain an advantage and whether that's worth offsetting you know what you feel like you might be given up by doing one or the other cool thanks Bill yeah no, it's a great question sorry for the long answer not no worries Next question, Bob Stosi, followed by Zach Hi, thanks, Stacy. Good morning, Bill. Uh, echoing Hi, others, my condolences to you and your family. Thanks, Bob. I want to ask you about Jamal Adams. Uh, certainly the Seahawks liked a lot about him. They gave a couple of first-round picks, and you know him from the Jets. Very aggressive on Sunday against the Falcons. How does Pete utilize a player like him having coached Apollo Malo at USC and, of course, Earl Thomas, not to say they're the same player, but that piece in his defense. Yeah, you know, I thought that was uh, it was it was interesting to see. Um, you know what they did. I'd, I'd say they ran. You know, um, certainly more safety blitzes than uh, maybe more in that game than I'd, I'd seen the previous year. Um, that's not hasn't really been a big part of uh, Coach Carroll's defense, but he did it in a way that it was consistent with the philosophy of what they they do defensively so it was a a change and a significant one uh with you know how disruptive adams was uh, on those blitzes and you know it's always hard to tell with a player like like adams um which ones are called and which him just reacting to something and and coming very aggressively but uh, especially on running plays um but in any case, I think they, you know, they modified their system a little bit to take advantage of a very explosive and disruptive player, which is really just smart coaching and, and a good utilization of personnel. I know Pete's philosophy uh, you know, is always to play into his strengths, and he does a great job of that, and, and clearly Jamal Adams is one of their strengths. So um, they, they did something a little bit differently with him than what they've done in the past in terms of um, you know, inserting him into the into the pressure part of their defense, but I'd say within the overall context of what they, um, you know, have done uh, fundamentally for for quite a long time. So, um, no, it's not like they're they're redesigning everything, but they're 
they're using one of their outstanding players in a very good way, and that causes problems for the offense. Uh, so that's you know that that's kind of what uh, that's what I saw last week. We'll see how it goes this week, but uh, that's what it appeared to be last week against Atlanta. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. And, uh, we'll take one final question. Sorry to those who I don't get to, but uh, Phil Perry, you'll have the last question. Thanks, Stacey, and thanks for doing this today, Bill. Um, sure. Hope you're doing okay. Condolences to you and, and your family. And thanks for sharing your, your thoughts on your mom early in the call. I, I wanted to, to ask you about her um, because we have heard over the years from coaches about how you know families have to make sacrifices when they're, they're part of a football family. And so wanted to ask you how important her support was for, for both you and your dad, given the, the profession that you both were in. Yeah. No, thanks, uh, Phil. Um, yeah, well, she was a very unselfish person and sacrificed a lot, um, you know, for her family. Um, and so, of course, me personally, and I appreciate, you know, and love her for that and many other things. But yeah, you know, my dad was away a lot uh, on scouting trips, and so I always kind of grew up with her um, on the weekends, on football weekends, um, at home. And so we watched uh, hundreds of games together, whether it was Navy games or listened to them on the radio or watched other games that were on TV and so forth when, you know, my dad was away on uh, Friday night, Saturday, and you know sometimes Sunday morning, depending on how far he had to travel for for the games that he was scouting. So, you know, football season um, for me was as a kid was um, you know my dad getting home late during the week, and um, my mom on the weekends for you know to watch football games, and so that was you know we were became very close and and you know share those experiences together um and then you know the only time really that i saw my dad was you know during the kind of end of the game week was the army navy game um and then you know like i said when he got home uh later you know later at night when i was older i was you know able to stay up and see him and um you know if i stayed out of trouble i might get to do something you know with him later at night but you know i just didn't want to act badly for my mom and you know have her turn me in which she didn't do very often so um even though i was deserving of it but um so yeah we had a you know a very close relationship there my mom was um really kind of an academic person uh, she was very good in college and then after college she worked for the map service during world war ii and translated european maps because she you know spoke seven languages uh, well, six at that time. She didn't know Croatian, but um, so she, you know, was involved in the translation of maps um, during the war effort, and then came back and taught languages in um, at Hiram uh, after after the war. It started in 1945. So, um, unfortunately, those language skills didn't rub off on her son. And um, one language is really about all I have. Um, but you know, she encouraged me to you know, not to, to do the things that I wanted to do. She was very supportive of those. Um, I wish I could have been better in in the field that she was very good at. Um, and I tried that for a while, but I just didn't, just didn't have it um, in all honesty. So I just, just un of French and that's about it. Thank you very much.
very much, Coach. Thank you, Bill. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. And we'll we'll see you out in Seattle. Thank you, Bill. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. Thanks, Stacy. Thanks, Bill.